Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. Do leave now. <laughs> they have given me less than an hour to compress a lifetime of study. So here is my commitment to you. I will take you as far down this rabbit hole as I can in the time we have, and I will show you where to go for more if that's what you want to do. Is that a, is that a fair deal? Yeah. All right, so first of all, today's class, my name is David Snyder, in case you didn't know. Because <laughs> I'm such a shy and retiring type, really. What we just did, even with or without the music, is one of the most important things you can do for yourself every single day. One of the running themes in all the, all the courses I'm teaching, both for the last three days, today, Saturday, Sunday, is this one thing. Your physiology controls your psychology. Now that flies in the face of a lot of what we've been taught. We've been taught we can use our mind to control our body. And that's true enough to be true. Except when the proverbial fecal matter hits the rotating oscillator. <laughs> then your butt puckers up and your brains drop out. That's one of my by proxy mentors used to say, right? Here's what I mean when I say this. Everything we're going to be talking about, whether we're talking about lie detection, which is we're going to go, we're going to focus on the 10 or 15 most reliable indicators that someone, pay attention, may be lying. There is no one single indicator that points at deception. The best you can do is an educated guess. Now, the question becomes, once you've figured out, okay, this person might be being untruthful, how far down that rabbit hole do you really want to go? You see, most people don't believe lies because they, ha lies because they have to. They believe them because they want to. There are 10 key indicators, which we don't have time to cover, T 10 key indicators that create a lens. Oops, that's, I don't have an, an eraser, so I'll just have to do it the hard way. <laughs> the 10 key indicators that create, either one of, any, any one of them by themselves, can create a lens that makes you want to believe deceptive behaviors that will cause you to interpret certain qualities and characteristics particular to sociopaths, narcissists, and psychopaths as something else. Ten of them. You only need one to start to blur, to turn your, uh, your reading glasses into rose-colored glasses, as one of my uh, sources used to say. These are all, and these are all, by the way, attractors. Attractors, the 10 that we're going to, we're not going to talk about them all, but I may have, I have a list. We're going to go more into them in, on Saturday morning. We have a longer breakout. It's called Speed Attraction 3.0. We're going to be talking about how to make someone like, love, and trust you in bordering on love, literally, in as little as 20 minutes. We're also going to show you how to take those feelings and explode them into marriage-level intimacy, sometimes in as little as 90 minutes. We're going to show you how to use these things outside of romantic contexts. So if you're going, anybody here do networking? Right? Anybody here ever go to singles bars? Nah, I wouldn't do that either. Right? Um, we're going to show you actually how to position yourself in certain places so that you are far more likely to get introduced to people. People are more likely to introduce you to them, to other people. It's really cool. We're going to talk about a little bit about how to connect with people through stories because whether you realize it or not, your, the human neurology is hardwired for stories. The neurology is there. Every time you hear the words, once upon a time, or that reminds me of a time when, your brain changes. The hemispheres of your brain and the listeners, or if you're the listener, they synchronize. They literally start to sync up. That's what the neuroscience tells us. So one of the most powerful influence tools you have 
is story and metaphor. Right? We're going to talk a little bit about how to use those tomorrow to create powerful connections, chemistries, and things like that. It's a very deep well, but we'll give you the things you can go out and start playing with right away. How does that relate to lie detection? Liars can't tell their story backwards. If you go to Chicago, if you go to Chicago, Chicago up until recently had the highest number of false confessions in history because they, were, they weren't using what they call narrative interview technique. Narrative inner technique is where you have them tell the story. As you listen to the story, you have to go into a very special mindset. If you are going to go into the mode of trying to detect deception, you have to take on a certain mindset, and that is you have to start looking for deception and ignoring everything that may be true. Right? You have to start ignoring everything. You have to stop. You have to look for the points that don't match, and you have to keep that. You have to keep that mindset throughout the story or throughout the, the process. It can be very energetically taxing. Okay? Ten attractors that will actually count against you. And psychopaths, narcissists, dark triad personalities, as we like to call them, they do this all the time. This is how they succeed. Bad, does, bad often looks good. So when I say... People don't believe story lies because they have to. They believe them because they want to. This is how it works, right? Story and narrative will cause your brain to sync up. When somebody goes into a long, elaborate story, your brain goes to, into a hypnotic state, okay? So if you are going to engage in the process of telling lies, or not telling lies, but <laughs> although we do that for a living, whether you realize it or not, <laughs> Freudian slip there. <laughs> Uh, you have to shift your state. You have to become uh, deception-oriented. You have to look for it, okay? Because if you start agreeing with their narratives, if you start buying in to what's going on, best analogy I can give you, anybody here ever have to write something? Show of hands. Okay. Can we get more chairs for these wonderful people? Uh, it's what? Oh, okay, great. Um, how many people have ever, ever edited, read, read, uh, written something, edited it, thought it was good, put it away, came back, found all this shit you missed? <laughs> you ever notice that? It's because your brain fills in all the stuff that it's supposed to be there. It auto-corrects. So unless you edit the document you've written differently than the way you wrote it, your brain will fill in all the good stuff. It's the same process when we try to detect lies. If you don't have the mindset of becoming a detection, a deception bloodhound, if you don't operate from the presupposition that they're probably lying, then you'll probably get sucked in and miss a lot of stuff. Now, that being said, even the best trained people in the world only have about a 60% hit rate, sometimes not even that, when it comes to detecting deception. Okay. This brings us to the study of what we call kinesics. Kinesics is a study of body language, uh, which we're going to be doing a, a big class on that. Um, that yeah. Kinesics, sure. Back when I was in college, um, I was, you guys know I'm a lifelong martial artist, right? I don't have to spend uh, 20 minutes giving you my curriculum to tie, right? Um, at, at one point in my life, I said, okay, I want to continue to study these things, but I also need a day job. In case the shit I want to do doesn't quite pan out. So I started looking at where my interests really lie and, and where could I make money and, and, and earn a good living doing the things I love to do. And I looked at, and I, I went, I was in community college at the time. I was looking at uh, police or uh, criminal justice. I wanted to be, you know, profile like Quincy. You guys remember Quincy? If you do, you're fucking old like me. Right? All right, how about CSI? <laughs> criminal minds, that kind of shit. That's, that was my thing. That's... It's, it's still a thing for me. I, I just geek out on it, right? Um, but I was also very interested in martial arts, and the martial arts I deal with focus specifically on how to manipulate the energy points and the acupuncture meridians of the body. So I wanted to be able to play in that field and research more on energetics. So I got to this crossroads, right? I'm studying, I'm dual majoring, I'm doing minoring at the time, minor in criminal justice, uh, minor in uh, pre-med or whatever, because I wasn't sure which direction I wanted to go. And so I looked at um, criminal justice. I looked at how much they make, their stress level. 
their life expectancy, and probably chose healthcare. Right? Um, so, but I never lost my passion for this. Now, that coupled with the fact that I was the classic bullied kid growing up, I was blessed with a very sensitive nervous system, bad hygiene and poor social skills, and a desperate desire to be liked. Put that together. Right? I, usually found, I usually found myself either telling or are the target of some very vicious lies. I became very, very traumatized by that. Not to the degree that I was debilitated, but I, came, I became very hypervigilant. I became very, like, always trying to figure out what people are doing and, and what are their motives and what are they going to do next. Little did I know that what, turned into, what started as a defense mechanism would become a career. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm professionally paranoid. When we start to study body language, and and whether we're doing this in terms of understanding how people are attracted, we'll show you the body language of attraction so that you can speed read couples and what degree of intimacy they're in from a distance. We're going to do that either in uh, speed attraction tomorrow or people reading for fun and profit uh, on Sunday. There will also, yes, there will also be a large component of face reading. So I I know you guys hate that shit, right? (laughs) Because... been another passion of mine. First thing you got to understand, no single body language cue indicates deception. You must look for changes in body language in a timely window. In other words, within a three to five second window, either before or after the words. Finally, you must look for clusters. So, first, no single clue or no single trait indicates deception. Unless you're a lawyer, in which case your mouth is moving, it's over. (laughs) Hypnotist, we're probably up to something, you know. Um, Timeliness. Third, clusters. Clusters is the big one. In order to determine clusters and deviation, you have to have what we commonly refer to as the baseline. In other words, if you don't have a measurement of what this person is like normally, how they are on a day-to-day basis. You have no foundation to calculate deviance, right? The highest, best-trained people in the world are 60% accurate, mostly because they videotape all of their interactions, and they watch them over and over and over again in that state, looking for the discrepancies. Now, there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Paul Ekman. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Ekman's work. Um, Very, very complimentary to the Chinese face reading stuff that we do. They're just in two different directions. Chinese face, in in, in Dr. Ekman's work, he he discovered a phenomenon known as micro-expressions. These are momentary flashes of change in the facial muscles that indicate when we're trying to control an emotion. So many times when people, like, and you'll learn to look for these as time goes on. One of the most important ones with psychopaths and sociopaths specifically is something called duping delight. Duping delight is this little joy that we all get when we pull off a lie. You know, we got someone, right? But what happens is they try to mask it. And so you'll see this little fraction of a second upturn. If someone is telling you about the worst case, the most horrible tragedy in their life, and they're smiling... That's one, right? As a hypnotist, be aware of that. Be aware of that. That's an incongruent body language indicator, which means there's probably a deep well that's going to come up if you can get them to to that space. That makes sense? Two things, baseline, clusters. Cluster is any two or more body language cues happening within a timely period. Once you've established the baseline. So if you're talking to somebody and they are normally, you know, just kind of open, right? And then you say something and this happens. Hmm, let me think about that. Right? How many, how many changes did I just have? Hands crossed. I shifted back. I touched my face and I looked away. Flag. That's a cluster. 
right? Sorry? Oh, micro expressions. Oh, you mean like duping delay? Well, duping delay is, is a kind of micro expression. So, duping delay, you can do. Yeah. Um, you'll see this in a lot of people who, first of all, sociopaths, narcissists, they all think they're smarter than everybody else. Right? They, they believe that if you're not smart enough to catch it, you deserve to have it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've, I've been playing a lot of, I've been swimming in that pool for a while. That's why I'm a little bit, you know, humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number two is timeliness. Uh, how many people here are old enough to remember a guy named Richard Nixon? <laughs> you don't Google him. God, we have so many millennials now. There's a, there's a particular speech. You guys might remember. I'll, I'll do one that's a little more timely in a minute. Just things. I am not a crook. <laughs> right? Now, that's a timeliness issue. Because if, to make it more legitimate, he was like, I am not a crook. He actually shouldn't have done that either, but he should. Oh, fucking Watergate bastards. All right. <laughs> anyway, so th to make it more congruent, I, should, I, am not, I shouldn't have crossed his arms at all. I said, I am not a crook. Right? But he didn't. If you, if you go and you watch the, the scene, you listen to the timing, he goes, I am not a crook. The timing's off. Right? But in order to calculate that, you have to know who, what they're like normally. What they're like normally. All deception indicators are actually indicators of stress. They're indicators of building arousal, arousal building in the body. So once you know someone's normal stress level, and you have a baseline, you know what they're like normally, anyway, now you have a place to start. What you're going to look for now are stress indicators. You're going to look for them in clusters within a three to five second window on either side. Okay? Pay attention to how, how animated a person is. One of the first things, I, I, I had a whole list of things that I was going to share with you called the Hansen 15. It disappeared. Some, some narcissist took it. <laughs> so I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> first one you want to look for is what we call the freeze. Okay, so someone's talking, they're like, like um, can I use you, Holly, for a second? Right? Can you pretend to be my wife? You nothing like my Chinese wife, but that's okay. Right? So, and um, maybe I, 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 I'm going to be the husband, and I was out late doing something naughty. You don't know that. You're just asking where I've been, right? And I'm, I'm going to be like my normal self, and I just, I'm going to make it really big and obvious for you. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Hi, honey. Where you been? You're late. You don't usually work this late. Ah, oh, yeah, all kinds of shit. I'm telling you, the boss was a dickhead. We got this last minute client. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Thank you. Now. That's one and done. That's one cluster, that's one situation. Now what you want to do is you want to oscillate. You want to go back to something non-threatening. If you get a response that elicits defensiveness, deflection, a massive body language shift similar to what you see. And by the way, once you know what to look for, you'll see this shit everywhere. Everywhere. Remember, it does not mean they're lying. It means they're stressing out more than they were a minute ago. All deception indicators are stress indicators, positive or negative. Right? Attraction is a stressor. Right? When, how many guys have noticed that when women are really attracted to a guy and they're around someone they really like, they kind of do this? Right? They start touching them, you know, various parts. They start grooming. These are all... Um, relaxate, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sip, soothers. Yeah. They're, they're things, self-pacifying gestures. People, they, they do to calm themselves down when they're experiencing levels of arousal. Now, also, again, this is a deep well. I don't have a lot of time. I'm just going to blap it on you. If you want to keep following me around to all the trainings, you'll get more cohesive stuff. Um, 
So there's this other phenomenon called Othello's error or Othello's flaw, depending on which you pull from. And that is where when, when in the presence of something that stresses you out, people start going off. They, they have very, very uh, exaggerated stress responses to the point where they often come across as deceptive when they aren't. If you remember the Shakespearean play Othello, right? When uh, Othello confronted Desdemona, she got all crazy. He thought she was lying. Boom. Bad idea. Again, three things that can happen. Stressors, no deception. Nothing is a deception indicator. Look for, look for the freeze. This is the big one. If they're talking like this, she, Polly says something, they go, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Right? They literally freeze. That's the big one that TSA looks for. When you bring someone in and you start to uh, interrogate them, if they're normally animated, very outgoing, and all of a sudden they just stop, big flag. Okay? Look for self-soothing gestures. Look for people... By the way, it's a, it's a myth that liars can't make eye contact. Only bad ones can't do that. Liars can't hold eye contact. They hold it very well. Okay? Because we all know that the first place people are going to look is in the face. Right? So that's the first place we learn to control. Except for the micro-expressions. The micro-expressions sneak out because we can't consciously control all that emotion percolating beneath the surface, right? Typically, there are three kinds of lies. Lies of falsification, lies of omission, lies of influence. Okay, the book you want to re refer to for that is called Spy the Lie. Spy the Lie. There's a, there's a companion book to that, which I haven't gotten through completely yet, which I think is also pretty good. It's called Get the Truth. You see, once you've discovered deception or the possibility of it, now you got to make a decision. How far down that rabbit hole do you want to go? Because if you pursue it, the dynamics of your relationship will change. I find it much more useful to detect deception and just watch what people do, being prepared, than just calling them on it, because you burn a lot of bridges that way. Does that make sense? Another thing, I don't have a chair, so I can't show you something. One of, oh, there it is. Okay. One of the things you want to look for when people start to um, lie is crossing gestures. Specifically, uh, there was one I was taught to look for in kinesics. It's called the triple cross. So they'll cross their legs, they'll cross their arms, maybe they'll cross their fingers. All right? And then they'll, they'll shield themselves. Remember, the human brain moves towards pleasure and away from pain. Most of us don't get joy out of lying. It, it stresses us out. We move away from it. So can I use you again, Holly? So when, when we had Holly up here, one of the first things that happened was the minute I found my, we, I was in this normal conversation, hey, honey, how you doing, blah, 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 she said something and <coughs> postural shift. It won't always be a full step. What you want to look for when you start to decipher body language is the postural sway and their ventral orientation. How close is the center line of their body to the center line of their body. The closer it is, the more intimate that relationship is, the more trusting that relationship is. If Holly and I are in an argument, I'm going to start to do this. I'm going to start to, to change proximity and move away. Right? So ventral orientation. If we're sitting in a bar, you see that you'll, you'll go to the bar, watch this. People who are sitting next to each other and who are into each other, their proximity starts to change and they start to do this. Right? Um, when people are not sure that maybe they're stuck in close proximity to somebody, but they don't know them, they'll engage in what we call blocking mechanisms. They may have to orient towards that person, but they'll put a barrier. They'll, they'll put an arm here as opposed to here. You understand the difference? So when you watch for these things, look for blocking gestures. Blocking gestures. If, they bring, if, if you're in the middle of a deep interrogation type process, they start bringing God into it, warning. <laughs> they start bringing God into it. My, my, thank you, Holly. Give her another big round of applause. I'm just picking on her. Day. They start bringing God into it. My instructor used to say, Danny Johnson used to say, they're lying to you. Yeah, that good old Southern boy accent, they're lying to you. Right? So look for blocking gestures. Look for soothers. In other words, if they touch their face, if they rub, especially their nose, they tend to rub their nose. A, people tend to, when they lie, they tend to touch their nose a lot. Of course, they could also have allergies. <laughs> right? 
Um, watch their blink rate and, their, and how they squint. When, when people, again, remember, these are all individual traits and characters. The lexicon is longer than I can name. If you don't have a baseline, you have no place to start. So the baseline is always going to be, what is their normal speed at which they speak? How is their norm, what is their normal posture? How close do they normally stand to you? If I can get a baseline of their pupil size, that's where I like to play. Remember, one of the, there's maybe a, a, a fraction of the people on the planet who can do anything even remotely controlling their pupil dilation. So when, the way it works is when people see you and they like you, or anything they like, for that matter, their pupils dilate. Okay? When they're distancing or analyzing or criticizing or cognating in some way, they shrink. It's a fight-or-flight response. Okay? The only two times that pupils really dilate is when you're extremely attracted or stoned, <laughs> or you're terrified. So if you're, if you're talking to someone, male, female, doesn't matter. I'm in California. It kind of goes every which way but loose, right? And the pupils are really big. First thing you do is look at their feet. If there's no puddle, they're attracted. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to look at their feet anyway. <laughs> Why? Because the feet are the one thing, are the body part we pay the least amount of attention to. So if I'm engaged in a conversation, I'll, I'll pick on somebody else. I'll pick on this lady here. So we're talking and we're doing this thing. And she's starting to, we're starting to get into a topic that I find uncomfortable. Can you all see me okay? Um, sorry. Well, come on over. Come a little bit closer. You know, anyway, if I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, first I'll start to posturally shift away. My feet may start doing this. If, I, don't, I don't know if you can see. See how my feet are starting to angle away? <laughs> Right. So if I'm standing, um, can I use you? Uh, I'll use you. Right. Pretend you're a hot woman. Come on up. <laughs> That's better. I like him already. I'm from California. Anyway. So one of the things that's taught in uh, the, the old school pickup and introduction worlds is what we, what we commonly refer to as the false time constraint. False time constraint. Okay. If you walk up and say, I only got a minute. I just wanted to ask you a quick question. They stop keeping time. So literally, if, he's, if this is a hot chick standing at a bar, right, I walk by, well, hey, hey, uh, look, I, I only got a minute, but I was walk, sorry. Hash <laughs> <laughs> me too, right? Anyway, I only got a minute. I was curious, um, have you been here before? No, it's the first time. Okay, I'm, I'm curious. Um, um, you, I just noticed you had a really, really nice energy. Are you, are you some kind of physical activity? Are you a dancer, a model, or something like that? Yeah. Okay, excellent. <laughs> right. So now, first I grabbed his boot. That was a good, that's a bad idea. But now, notice what I did here. As I walked by, I noticed, and I was like, oh, hey. Look at my feet. See how I'm half in, half out? He doesn't consciously see that. But his proprioceptive system, his motor neurons, it picks it up. So as I'm talking, it looks like I'm just going to ask a question and leave. But now I'm going to open them with an opinion or something like that. And you can just launch into a three magic questions protocol. You can go into some of the storytelling stuff we got, opinion openers, whatever. Because it creates, they stop keeping time. Whereas if I just walked up and started talking, they'd be like, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> Get away from me, right? Thanks. Have a big round of applause. Okay. So, get a baseline. Look for clusters. Look, and a cluster is any two or more body language characteristics that shift in a, in, within a three to five second window. Now you want to look for are they consistent? You bring them, you talk about something that may provoke them, you calibrate the change. Talk about something non threatening, something different. See if they go back. If they go back, circle around, ask again in a different way. Notice what changes. All right? Wash, rinse, repeat. Ask a question. Calibrate the response. 
circle back. Wash, rinse, repeat. If every time you approach that subject, you get a consistent shift from the, from the baseline, they may or may not be the exact same things. They usually are, or similar too. It's amazing how consistent people are with their gestures. Which, by the way, if in case you didn't know, gestures are the language we had before we learned we evolved speech as human beings. It's primary to every other communication system that you have. So when people talk about their shit, shit being a technical term, specialized hypnotic influence techniques. <laughs> You often, as a therapist especially, you will often hear people say, you know, I got this block, and I just can't figure out what it is or where it is. If I could figure out where it was, I could do something about it, but I just can't figure out where it's at. It's here. <laughs> right? Or, some, or sometimes you'll see this, I got this problem, and I just can't figure it out. Well, they just told you on a subliminal neurological level where around them that information is stored and what direction it's moving to maintain itself. How many people are familiar with the spinning technique I teach? If all you did was have them grab it, spin it the opposite way, their shit would go away. Literally. Yeah, many times. Don't believe me. Find a human in their natural habitat and spin that shit away. And if you have, if you have them become aware of it, turn it into a color, physically reach out and spin it the other way, it gets even stronger. Right, those of you who've been through any of our classes, you, you guys know. Shit happened. How many people came, came to personality transformation yesterday, last three weeks? You guys getting shit coming up? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> System's purging, right? How are we doing on time? Okay. Baseline, clusters. Provoke, relax. Provoke again. Look for shifts in posture, either towards or away from. Look for deviations in your baseline. If you can calibrate pupil dilation, if they lie or they're trying to make something up or something, come up with something cool to say, the first thing that'll happen, aside from the NLPI accessing cues, is their pupils will tend to shrink. I call it the pupil dance. You'll literally see pupils, pupils going boing, 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 depending on where they're at in that continuum of emotion. Right? Remember, Deception or deception indicators are really leakages of emotional stress that we can't physically manage or consciously or manage with our neocortex. Your conscious mind of the three parts of your brain, your reptile brain, your limbic system, your, your neocortex. The neocortex is the two-year-old of the system. It's the one that yells the least and has the least capabilities. It's the least informed and the last to know. When we start looking for deception indicators, what we're looking for are the pieces that the conscious mind couldn't manage effectively. Okay? They're incongruent. They're out of proportion to the rest of the system. But we've got to know what the baseline of that system is. Also look for crosses. Anytime people start crossing themselves, whether it's the legs, the legs will often give you the best, most accurate information. Because one of the things that happens is if, they can't, if a person cannot physically move all of them away, they will move a part away. So if I'm sitting here and my feet are nice and flat on the floor, this may happen. All I'm doing, if, if these are my legs and this is the stool, all that happens is this. I just move my feet backwards. Okay? Again, small things together indicate Arousal. Arousal is usually an indicator of potential deception. I keep using that word because I need you to understand. As, as far as I can tell, as far as polygraphers can tell, there is no single trait that indicates deception. Right? <clears throat> Going back to this, how about editing? Old editors, how many people here know the old editor's trick that if you want to find a if you want to find all your more errors, start from the, from the back and work Liars cannot tell their story out of sequence. They generally can't, unless they've really, really rehearsed it, which most people just don't. They can't start in one place, backtrack, go to another place, and be consistent in their cues. So it's called narrative interview technique. Okay? Cycle back through. Of the three categories of lies, the most challenging <clears throat> to catch are what we call lies of influence. Lies of influence are lies of perception. They're ways, they're, they're, they're attempts to distract you or move the direction of the conversation towards something other than the lie. So a common lie of influence might be you ask your husband or your wife, have you been cheating on me? 
an honest person will say, fuck no, I'm not cheating on you, right? Pardon my French, not really, right? <laughs> but someone who's participating in a lie of deflection might say, honey, you know I don't believe in things like that, right? So if, if you weren't looking for the discrepancy, you might miss that and assume it was a denial, but it isn't. Somebody, <clears throat> woman has a big, rich, flat maid comes in for 20 years, cleans the house. One day she comes home, her favorite bracelet is gone. She calls the cops. Cops come in, they start interviewing everybody. They pull up the maid, they, they bring up the maid, they ask the maid, did you take this lady's bracelet? I have been her maid for 20 years. I'm retiring in a month. Oh, why would I ever do such a thing? She took it. <laughs> Right? Look for deflections. Look for deviations from the conversation that go to the person's character rather than the act or the behavior you're asking them about. Does that make sense? And be ready. Pay attention. Pay attention. Okay? Um, Look for tapping gestures. Again, these are all stress indicators, things that um, may indicate stress. Uh, what's one of my favorite ones? Oh, non-fluencies. If you're paying attention <clears throat> to a person's voice quality, does their pitch go up? Does their voice speed up? Do they start getting inconsistent? in their delivery. And consistency is actually goes to a, a channel of communication we call honest signals. Uh, based on the research by Alexander Penland over at Stanford, he discovered four distinct channels of nonverbal communication that happen in socially competitive groups, one of which is consistency. Consistency is actually on a continuum with variability. Um, I still don't have a... That's all right. I'll just do this. This is why I always carry a spare. And by the way, how many people here would actually like to, to make more money doing public speaking and booking more clients and things like that? Okay. Pay attention. One of the honest signals I'm talking about, which goes directly to this, this, these non-fluencies, these inconsistencies in a person's speech pattern, is an honest signal known as consistency and variability. Uh, and the book is called Honest Signals by Sandy Penland. There's a companion book I recommend you pick up called Power Cues by Nick Morgan. Excellent way to um, actually apply some of these things. Consistency is how smoothly and fluidly we can deliver a process or a program or a teaching. It goes directly to the amount of credibility we have in people. When we teach, we want to have a high level of consistency in how we speak. We don't want to have high, you know, really squeaky voice, really low voice, in irregular pauses. That makes us more inconsistent. <clears throat> the more consistent we are, the more credibility we have, the more people tend to do what we say. So for leadership applications, sales, well, not, maybe coaching applications specifically, teaching applications. You want a high level of variability, or not sorry, consistency. See how consistent I am, right? In, in your presentation. The other end of the scale is what we call um, variability. Now, obviously, this is the bad stuff. There's this happy medium. The further along the continuum you go, the more changeable you come across as being. The more open you seem to external direction. Right? At the, total, at the far end of the scale, someone who's extremely inconsistent, which is where we start to see our deception indicators. Ums, ers, ahs, uh, pauses. High squeaky voice, where they used to talk like Barry White. You know? right? These are what we look for. Changes in the baseline, changes in their posture, changes in their orientation. Do they go from an open posture to a closed posture? Do their pupils dilate? Baseline, baseline, baseline. If you're going to start on this process, you, that's where you got to start. You got to pay attention. You got to look. 
Who's the person in front of you? Does their variability and consistency change when they speak, when they present? Right? By the way, most of the research that Penland did was in large groups of people with the sound off. And with these little devices they called sociometers, they were able to predict the decisions a group would make with 80% accuracy, sometimes more, with the 30-second slice of the video monitoring these honest signals. This is one of four. We don't have time for all of them. But this is the one we want to look for most often when we're dealing with lie detection and deception. Okay? Uh, Let's put this over here. Now, I have 10 minutes left. I'm speaking really fast because I'm trying to get as much into you as humanly possible. Normally, I would have you all shake each other's hand and give each other raspberries. But, uh, yeah, some of us miss those things. All right. So, what's the first thing we look for? Baseline. Then what do we look for? And we look for changes. How? Clusters. Clusters. If you can get training in microexpressions, great. You can go to doc, uh, paulekman.com. There's a, he has a training program. Uh, Mike Mandel is going to be doing a, a whole course on hypnos- hypnographology for hypnotists. The traits of deception tend to show up in handwriting. Just an idea. Unfortunately, nobody writes anymore. <laughs> we all type. Right? My handwriting analysis stuff was based on cursive, so I'm fucked. Right? <laughs> but uh, graphoanalysis is a, it's one of the most powerful skills I ever learned. Until I learned. And once I learned face reading, everything made sense. I saw the matrix. There's a lot of direct correlations between what goes on in your handwriting and how your face develops. Microexpressions are things you do in the moment when you're trying to suppress that momentary emotion. Okay? Face reading, Chinese, from the Chinese side, is the consequence of a lifetime of microexpressions and events in your life. So they're very complementary. Look for people, try, look, watch their faces last. Watch their posture. Watch their orientation. Watch how they, they self-soothe. Right? They touch their nose. They start scratching their nose. They weren't scratching their nose before. Flag it. Okay? <clears throat> they start stumbling over their words. It's usually because their stress level and their brain aren't in sync. Okay? I was a great example of that this morning because everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. I was like, you know that? You're just flustered. So I said, fuck it. This is what I normally do anyway. Right? Um, After a while, you stop taking yourself so seriously. Seriously. (laughs) A couple, some other things. Um, Did did you get all, did you all get those little red notebooks? by the way? All right. Those, uh, and there's a postcard that came with it. You guys got that? All right. So, um, get out those little red notebooks for me. Uh, Where's my little red wagon? Oh, sorry. A couple of things that I want to just cover with you guys before I turn you, set you off into the void. Um, those are my gift to you for you to take little notes or whatever, but I'd like you to take out one piece of paper and uh, I'd, write you, I'd like you to write your name, phone number, and email on it. I know, five minutes, thank you. <laughs> and when, once that's done, uh, I'd like you to pass it to the center aisle. And as you do that, I'm going to explain why. How many people have ever seen this particular notebook? If you've been to the HypnoThoughts the last two or three years, you may have seen them raffling these off during the, uh, the session. Right? What this is is my product catalog and my, course, my, my live training calendar for 2018-2019. In this book, at the back of the book, is a, pro, is, a, is a package called the Mondo Supremo I Want It All package. What that is is any two live events with me anytime in the future, two full-length video training courses, each are valued at around $1,500 each, the trainings are around $1,900 each, plus any five smaller digital video courses that I have. 
Now, I'm not telling you this because I'm trying to sell it to you. I'm telling you this because each day they're going to be raffling off one of these for free. You will come, can come train with me, two trainings, two full-length video courses, five videos for free. But there's more. Every day when I teach, I am going to be raffling off one of those packages for free. And we're going to do it at the end of every training. So if you don't put your name in the hat, you can't win. Anybody want to train with me for a while? No? Fuck you then. <laughs> so, so you can take your, your, your slips, pass them to the center aisle. Tina and Seth will come around and collect them. Uh, right at the two-minute mark, we'll go ahead and, uh, and draw the names, and we'll, we'll award our winner. Okay. In the meantime, while you're doing that, I'm happy to take any questions that we have. Yes, sweetie. What was the second book that Second book, the second book was called Power Cube by Nick Morgan. Yeah, I find Sandy's book was very, very good in, in terms of the research and the what. Nick Morgan's book is excellent in applying and making these things workable as a technique. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, but they weren't doing it any other time. That's what in poker we would call a tell. There's something there are things that people consistently do when they lie. Poker players study this all the time. The question was, the question was, I had this, he had this, he had this gentleman, was every time he'd tell a lie, he'd do this. Right? How could you tell he was lying? <laughs> right? We would call that a tell. If, if this were a poker training or something like that, that's a tell. It's a tell to line. People, like I said, people's behaviors, even when they deviate from their baseline, are remarkably consistent. Where you get a little bit more variation is when they start describing their issues. Right? If somebody has a block, it may be here. If somebody has something they just never get around to, it might be here. Right? But when they lie, there's almost always a consistency to it. Question, yeah. Okay, what you're talking and I, I deliberately avoided that in this training, but since you asked, NLP teaches us that people, people access different parts of their neurology through where they move their eyes. Now, this is true right, this is true left, from my perspective, right? People always get that, so tell you what, let's do it this way. No, we're gonna do it my way. So this is the right side. This is the left side. If you take the eyes, you divide them through the center. You have the lateral quadrants. You have downs here, okay? To keep it really, really simple, up is visual. When the eyes go up, or sometimes they just kind of glaze off and go straight ahead, they're accessing a visual modality, okay? If they shoot off to the left or to the right, you're usually accessing your auditory cortexes. Which, by the way, happens quite often when people are trying to rehearse what they're going to say in their head before it comes out, you'll see them shoot their eyes to the right. However, you'll also see people who don't speak English as a native language, or who speak English as a second language do this, especially if they're still just learning, because they're literally listening to what you said, calibrating it, figuring out what they're going to say next, and then shooting it out. Happens like that, okay? Which is why you need to train, okay? When I I, we could go really, really far into the minutia of lie detection and things like that, but you don't have the a lot of you don't have the skill sets, the requisite sensory acuity to catch these things. But you can see the big stuff. You can see the big stuff, the shifts, the turns, the crosses. You can hear the, the changes in the voice. You're not going to see the dilation of the left nostril as, they, as, it, as, the, as the right side blush. You're just not going to see it. it you, you can train for it, but you're not going to see it. This stuff you can see. Right? So start with those. Uh, in body language, uh, people reading for fun and profit, we're going to show you how to speed read people from across the room. You'll be able to tell who's into who, who's not, who's having it, who isn't, how close people are to doing the mating dance, <laughs> stuff like that. All right, anybody want to win something? Yes. All right. Excellent.
feel like the great Karnak. You tell who's the old people in the room. Pick one. And if your name comes up, we're going to talk. That's all right. Tim McNichol, come on down. Congratulations, you're our next contestant. All right. For you, hold on to that. All right. Either my watch is wrong or it's cold. Actually, we only have till 10.50, don't we? I thought I had till 10 o'clock. Damn it. I more stuff. Okay. Anyway, on your, on your lap. Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah. This is another gift I have for you. Each and every one of you... The only reason I'm up here is because of you. That, not my narcissistic training, but every year you guys come in, you show love, and when I come to get no thoughts, I want to give. That's, that's what I'm here for. You, people will tell you. It's all I want to do. Like, you're welcome. This is my way of saying thank you. This is a gift card. On the back is a coupon code, HTL2018. If you go to my nlppower.com website, you can purchase any training or any video, it's good for one transaction. 60% off. Okay? 60% off. It's my gift for you. Okay? No strings. Because I love all of you. Thank you all so much for coming. We'll see you tomorrow. Speed Attraction. Thank you for listening to the Unlimited Influence Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer.